Welcome back to Round the Cauldron, where we talk theology, philosophy, and everyday life as a modern witch. If you like the show, please leave a review wherever you listen to help other witches find me. Don't forget, you can help support the show at patreon.com slash roundthecauldron for as little as a dollar a month and get patron-exclusive content. If you're ready to hop into the show, grab some coffee, pull up a seat, and join me round the cauldron. Today I have on my sister-in-law, um, her name is Elizabeth, but we're going to call her Turtle because I've called her Turtle the entire time I've known her because that's her nickname. And I think it was a good like six months before I knew what her actual name was. Does well, that sound right? yeah, that sounds pretty valid. <laughs> <laughs> she's just, she's Turtle. She's Turtle to everybody that she knows or that knows her. So that's what we're going to call her today. Um, and today we're talking about going back to our roots. And for me, the topic came up because of everything that's going on right now. And I see so many people, they're like, how do I grow this plant? Or how do I bake bread? Or let me learn a new craft or a new hobby. And I'm just like, yes. <laughs> <laughs> and so, uh, turtle is like she's my go-to for baking and for sewing because that's that's just what you do. Sewing is a, it's a passion and it gets me in trouble. <laughs> a lot of trouble. We're not gonna get into that. It'll be fine. Yeah, no, that's okay. Um, <laughs> but baking for one because as much as I would love to be that person that's always like got fresh baked cookies or fresh baked bread, I'm not a baker. The easier it is, the better. And if it comes out of a box, hallelujah. But <laughs> I totally understand where you're coming from. Yeah. So, but, but with this whole social distancing and isolation thing that we're having to do, I get like this sometimes where I'm just like, I have the baking itch or I have the itch to just make all the things. And for me, I think it goes back to like my ancestors are Irish and, you know, my, my roots and that's how they survived. And I think it's just a, it's in my DNA and I think <laughs> it's in everybody's DNA. And I think it's a good thing to really dig further into and I figured you'd be a great person to have on and just have a conversation about it and what you think and different things I think it would be good to talk about how people can slowly get started getting back mm -hmm. to their roots honestly uh fair warning everyone I have no notes for this conversation no like talking points nothing we're just having a conversation that's just what we do so I know it'll flow <laughs> I hope so. Oh, see, you've got your drink and I forgot mine. Um, what does it say? Queen oh, Bee. <laughs> that's so cute. I'll have to take a picture for the podcast listeners and post it up there so that they can see it on Instagram. Oh, or you can post it because I can link to your um, your Instagram and stuff. Oh, perfect. Cool. Okay, so everybody that follows me, I'm assuming, knows that I crochet. I've been crocheting for a very long time now and I can basically make almost anything I want to say. I'm getting <laughs> ahead of myself and I'm tooting my own horn, but hey, I'm proud of it. Um, I can sew a little bit. I don't currently have a sewing machine um, and I can embroider and I can knit, but I'd prefer not to. <laughs> Um, uh, so I think my like roots and the things that I get back to have to do with a lot of the crafty stuff and the, the creation. So what, what are the things that, that you do that really connect you to your roots and your ancestors? I grew up cooking and baking with my grandmother, um, literally since the time that I had to sit on the counter because the chair wasn't tall enough. <laughs> um, and I've always just been my grandmother's little minion. And I was always right there all up in her grill every time I 
went to go see her. And it just kind of developed from there where it became this very soothing and maternal thing where um, to me, it's a lot about like that connecting and I get happy when I see other people be happy. And so whenever they realize that all of this time and effort and patience with baking. <laughs> Blood, sweat, and tears. Yes. <laughs> Sometimes literally. Yes. <laughs> so, um, but no, definitely like it evolved from just cooking into baking with my grandmother and then it evolved into cake making for family and friends. And so I'd make them these big, gorgeous, elaborate birthday cakes so I didn't have to buy them presents. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> um, and then like, so it became a very big thing for us to throughout the first, like the couple of months before Halloween to start really thinking about what we're going to wear, mm-hmm. all that. So I didn't start making quilts. I didn't start making apparel. I started making costumes. <laughs> and the nice thing about a costume is that even if you only wear it once and it falls apart, that's fine too. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, so I guess we should give a little bit of background on why I think, why I thought you would be a good person to have on a, on a, uh, witchcraft podcast. Do you want to talk about that a little bit first about your practice? That way Um, people aren't just like, who's this random person and what does she have to do with witchcraft and magic? (laughs) (laughs) No, uh, I would have to say I've been practicing witchcraft for about five to six years. Um, started out as uh, Wiccan and really it's just kind of been evolving since then. Mm-hmm. Um, my husband is a Norse pagan so we have a very eclectic household and follow a lot of traditions. My family is Jewish and Christian so I have a lot of roots in a lot of places and it's kind of just morphed in them to this very beautiful eclectic mm, hodgepodge. It's really funny that that my brother is now a Norse Norse pagan that you you have the unfortunate pleasure of being married to him but (laughs) no 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 I'm just kidding I'm just kidding (laughs) only a little bit am I kidding (laughs) it's okay he's at work most of the time I don't have to deal with shit there you go no you're fine it's okay (laughs) beep yeah sorry it's okay um so what do you feel is I don't know like do you feel like there's just something going on now deeper like on a deeper spiritual more universal level that's got all of these people saying yes let's get back to our roots besides the pandemic that's going on do you think that's allowing for like a, a shift in consciousness, an energetic shift? Because as an empath, I can tell you right now, I feel it on a deep level and it's just, it gets to me sometimes. But oh, I, no, I don't know if I'm alone because I also have like mental health issues that I'm just like, maybe I'm just crazy, but you know. <laughs> no, I feel like uh, now that people are kind of shifting their priorities. And I know with the way a lot of people live, like nowadays, a lot of their priorities are so time focused. I have a certain amount of time here. I have a certain amount of time at home to sleep, to go to work, to cook dinner. And Mm -hmm. it's all very like time focused. So now that I feel like that's kind of shifted, it's turned into almost like a, a survivalism like, okay, now that those things that I've witnessed aren't necessarily readily available, and I think it just kind of turns on like almost like a primal switch in their brain, where they're just saying, okay, now I need to fix it myself, and I love that, because I feel like a lot of people, once they actually get into sewing and baking, and they actually see all that work that it took at the beginning, there's so much more appreciation, um, and just joy doing it and learning that new skill and having that and honing it and I feel like it's just it kind of builds up in its own way Um, yeah but definitely I can tell like you were saying an energy shift where I feel like it's more 
less everybody focusing on everybody else, more focusing on what's happening with me and what I need to do. And mm-hmm. it's honestly can be a good thing or a bad thing if you focus on it too much, of course, you're going to drive yourself nuts. I mean, I think we've seen enough of that. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I'm on, I'm surprised that people haven't figured out a way how to make their own toilet paper. (laughs) Oh, I've had this conversation with Eric. (laughs) (laughs) For those listening and watching, Eric is my brother. (laughs) I know. I should have asked. (laughs) Oh, I don't care. (laughs) I don't think he's going to care either. Um, And I think... I've been trying hard lately to see the pandemic that's going on in, I don't want to say a positive light because it's a really shitty thing that's happening, but to see the the different sort of consequences that are coming around because of it. And like you said, people, the focus of people is shifting. And I think that's causing a spiritual shift and an energetic shift. And I don't, Obviously, I don't think it was done on purpose, but it is waking up a lot of primal and ancestral energy within a lot of people. And I just, I love it. And even as somebody who's like, I I don't bake, I've tried to like make cakes from scratch and cookies from scratch and they always turn out like crap. But I get in that mood where I'm just like, I just want to bake all the things and I want to make my own bread and I want to, you know, I do all of the, the cooking and making everything from scratch. And for me, I think it is part of like ancestral DNA, like that is encoded in my DNA but it's not something that is always active because we don't live in the past. We live in a modern time where I can go to the store and buy a loaf of bread for 84 cents. And it takes like this much effort, like nothing. Yeah. <laughs> and I mean, you know, but I, I do feel like part of our DNA, this, this energy that's within us is, waking up and mm-hmm. trying to like bloom like a flower it's just trying mm-hmm. to burst out and I think we need to embrace it but I know there's going to be a lot of people out there who are going to embrace it for the time being but then as soon as everything opens up they're going to just toss it out and they're going to go back to doing it the way they were doing it before so right well, and I think there, even if it's just those handful of people that end up sticking to it, just that attention being brought back to those crafts and those skills, I think is going to be amazing. Like, mm-hmm. I don't be wrong, during all of this, I've been spending the majority of my time making cotton medical masks for the local medical facilities, but if I weren't doing that, I started to learn how to weave, and I'm like, okay, mm-hmm. what do I need to weave for? Literally, right. I, can, <laughs> I can go to Joann's and find a yard of fabric for $3.50. Like, why do I need to know how to make it myself? And I'm like, no, but I want to make it myself. Like, mm-hmm. I feel like it's become a meditative practice for me where it's just, I don't know what it is. I've never done it before a day in my life up until probably about six months ago. And then as soon as I did it, it just felt comforting and soothing just I don't know if it's repetitive motions or what but like I appreciate it so much Mm -hmm. um and and, the stuff you make is beautiful by the way thank you (laughs) you're welcome (laughs) if only I get it out of my house (laughs) that's the hard part and see that I think a lot of people are starting to appreciate like you said the effort that this stuff takes making Mm -hmm. your own things because there are people out there who can't find bread and they had to figure out how to make bread on their own and the arts are coming more to the forefront right now and they're being so appreciated and you know you've got virtual museum tours and you've got what was it the Met that was doing their operas the encore of their operas 
and people and are the doing zoos? oh my goodness the zoos are taking the animals out on yes. little trips and all of that and I love it so much yeah and and now I think people are going to appreciate the effort it takes to make something like that because like I could go to the store and buy a shirt for five dollars mm-hmm. or I could get it made by like you for example and pay mm-hmm. you a fair price based on the effort that it takes to make that and it's not slave wages from somebody in a sweatshop the fact of the lack of commodity. So just from moving from California or even whenever we are up in Oregon, just moving out to North Dakota where I am now, um, just witnessing that shift in what's available even on a regular day where I am and then seeing that shift again with everything that's happening happening currently, um, I feel like is jaw-dropping and eye-opening and honestly was very shocking for me. Mm-hmm. It was very difficult to live out in the middle of nowhere where I have 20,000 people in my town where I went from over 500,000 people in California in my one city. So I'm mind blown just by that. And I feel like that kind of started all of this for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like now that people are kind of shrinking their inner circles by force, <laughs> but I'm maybe they're kind of witnessing that same thing of what's available to you and yet that's still that need to provide for those people that are with you mm-hmm. that makes sense and see I've witnessed something similar um a long time ago before Emery was born before you married Eric um mm-hmm. when James and I lived in Oklahoma because mm-hmm. The teeny tiny town that we lived in had 500 people in it, maybe. Like it was small. There was no grocery store. There was a gas station and a post office and a locally owned deli that people only ate at because they knew the owner. Um, I'm sorry, I wasn't going to pay $20 for a sandwich meal. Um, (laughs) So, I mean, I get that part. And it's kind of like a culture shock, which is crazy to think of. And I mean, because you're still in your own country, but it's a completely different culture. Oh, yeah. completely <laughs> different. Oh, my goodness. It was crazy. Like, even just the little glitches and the way people say things still catches me off balance. Like, it's a bag, not a bag. <laughs> a bag? It's a bag. I don't in, know in, Oklahoma, a bag. in Oklahoma, it's a sack. <laughs> Well, here's a pop instead of soda. It's a pop too. James still calls it pop. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it drives me crazy. <laughs> and I have, I've also got a gardening itch, and that is that's a little more difficult for me because I also. I'm lazy. (laughs) I get you. I I mean, I want to grow all the food and that's fine, but I also like my time indoors. And I mean, don't get me wrong. I like to be outside. I like to go for a hike. I like to go, you know, to the lake and the river and be out in nature. But I did also grow up in Bakersfield, California, where for eight months out of the year, it's over a hundred degrees all day long. Yeah. So I think, I don't, I think my inclination to be indoors comes from the fact that it always sucked to be outside growing up, but I do like to garden. I do think it's important to know how to grow your own food. And I, I'm, I'm of the opinion that everybody should try it at least once. I mean, I have some Emery and I just planted some rosemary and some thyme and what else did we get? I got a couple other things and I also I got my white sage to germinate and sprout and I have two little sprouts I'm so excited. (laughs) 
a friend of mine is sending me Carolina Reaper seeds and like he was complaining how difficult they were to germinate and then he got two of them to germinate so he had two tiny little seedlings and then his cat ate them <gasps> and he was devastated <laughs> so I'm like maybe come your children <laughs> oh my god and see with white sage I have always heard that it's really hard to germinate. Now these seeds, I ordered them online and I got a packet of a hundred seeds, I believe it was, for like, I don't even know how much it was gonna, I don't even know how much it costs. I'm not even gonna guess because I'm gonna get it totally wrong. Um, but it was a pack of a hundred seeds and I've got this big old pot outside and I put all 100 seeds in it because <sighs> Um, reading, because I've never grown white sage before, um, reading about it, when people try to grow white sage from seeds, it's really hard to get to germinate. So it's got like a, I don't know, less than 10% germination rate. It's like ridiculous. So I'm like, I'm going to put lavender. Oh my gosh. Lavender for my life. Yeah. So I'm like, I'm going to put all of the seeds in this pot and we're just going to see what happens. And I've got two that are sprouting (laughs) out of a hundred. So, I mean, I guess that's 2%. I had a good enough chance of getting at least one. (laughs) (laughs) But I have always enjoyed gardening and the the fruits of my labor pun intended (laughs) seeing like the zucchini that we had last year oh my gosh they were so big Mm -hmm. and then the onions and we tried to grow um oh my gosh I want to say cauliflower a cantaloupe that's what it was I was like I know it's not a vegetable it was a melon (laughs) um we tried to grow cantaloupe but those don't grow very well up here um and we had some strawberries but it's hard to it's hard to grow in this zone because of the climate but also because we're in the high desert like Mm -hmm. I'm pretty sure the entirety of this area is built on top of lava rock Mm -hmm. like the ground is rock (laughs) I have like no dirt the dirt that I do have and the soil that I do have is from planters that were already here when we moved in yeah so but I I have the gardening itch and I want to grow all the things so and I know you like to do your garden so what have you planted I know you said that you um planted some seeds the other day Oh my goodness, we kind of, I haven't had the chance to start a garden here in North Dakota yet, so this is our first garden while we're here, Um, and I honestly have no idea what will grow well in a home garden here, so we kind of just planted a little bit of everything, so we have like six different varieties of squash, we have cabbage and arugula, we have onions of like two different types, and peppers, and it's just, I really don't know what's going to take and what's not going to take. And Mm -hmm. so I know that the farms that are out here, they really only grow corn, canola, and mustard. (laughs) Like really, there's not because the temperatures during the day and the evenings are so drastic that it can, like, I understand that it's really great for those oil-based plants, not great for anything else because it pretty much will bolt in the day and then freeze at night. So that's like everything that they grow here in central Oregon is either hay or hemp, like (laughs) hay or hemp, unless you get over to the Valley, then they grow different fruits and stuff in the Valley, but that's a completely different climate. Right. No, exactly. And so we did, we started like, I don't know, like two different or 200 different canisters of seedlings. And so We'll wait and see. Well, I hope it, I hope they all grow. I mean, yeah. if not, you should be able to grow some of them inside, right? Some of them, yeah. Um, we planted probably about four different types of herbs that I plan on just keeping in my sunroom right over mm-hmm. here. I know right now I have like oregano and thyme up here, but they're still pretty itty bitty. I started them last year and they're still itty bitty. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, we'll, we'll have to wait and see because I, 
even got some strawberry seeds and strawberry roots. And so we have like a really old kiddie pool that my dog destroyed and we're gonna turn it into a strawberry patch. And I'm like, how perfect is that? That's adorable. <laughs> <laughs> That's a really good idea. Exactly, and like it just, strawberries are so tricky and I know like, I don't understand how people get them to grow as big as they are. So I'm like, I'm going to do. You do? I do. <laughs> oh, and the only reason I know this is because of Papa. Okay, so my my mom's dad grew up in like Arvin, California-ish. So huge agricultural area. And when they came up to visit last summer, I don't know, whenever they were here last, um, we had some strawberry plants in our planter and they had runners. And I'm like, I, you know, I have no idea because while I love to garden and get my hands in the dirt, I'm just, I'm clueless. Okay. I'm not going to lie, <laughs> but he said that you have to, you take the runners off once uh -huh. they start producing roots because the runners will come off like a, almost like a vine uh -huh. and then, um, implant themselves in the soil and grow roots and then you clip them so then it becomes their own plant because if you keep it as one plant with all of these different runners then the plant itself is not going to have enough nutrients to produce the actual strawberries it's just going to focus on growing those runners out and I'm like that makes a hell of a lot of sense. And I don't know why I never would have thought of anything like that. But here you go. You got this 70-year-old man who is telling me how to grow strawberries. Oh, well, I was going to say that um, another hobby that I, as soon as I got my equipment for making pottery or my pottery wheel and everything, then all of this started happening. And so uh -huh. I was super like sad because like pottery is another one of those things where I'm just like, why do I need to buy jars? I can just make them. And then again, my amazing husband is just like, okay. And then bought me a pottery wheel. And I'm like, you're, you're too nice. But <laughs> <laughs> where was that version when we were kids, man? <sighs> hey, you want to be wrong? Like, I'm just kidding. <laughs> oh, no, trust me. I totally understand because my siblings are the same thing. <laughs> but that's another one of those, like, skills that whenever I was younger, I never in a million years would have thought of spinning my own pottery mm -hmm. and create, like, the possibility of creating my own plates and bowls and uh, flower pots and bases and any of those things and then the older I get the more I'm just like I don't want to have to rely on anybody I don't like people mm -hmm. like the more I can do at home the less I have to go places yeah. and then the pandemic happens and I'm like I don't have to go places right <laughs> but uh, social I, distancing was my life before it was popular <laughs> I know like <laughs> Oh, like, what is it? Safe at home effect? Oh, that's not, my daily routine has not changed in the slightest. Pretty much. <laughs> Except for the fact that there's no school now. So, yeah. okay. So my routine has changed, changed a lot, but. <laughs> yeah. Well, mine's not in school yet. So he bugs me all day anyway. <laughs> that's very true. Very true. Uh, and then just the fact of even just stuff like homeschooling. When I, whenever I was younger, I had family that homeschooled. I was homeschooled for over half of my sixth grade year, but it wasn't until here in the last couple of months where I'm just like, no, I don't trust people because people aren't as attentive as they used to be, whereas they should be. And right. that I feel like even if we, there's so many ways that I can teach him. He, Rayland is my mini me. He is my little garden gnome. He is my little house elf. He goes and does all the things with me all the time. And I feel like, I'm just like, I can teach you stuff and teach you actual skills. Yeah. But, yeah. So. so Emery and I just baked cookies and, uh, I turned, I turned it into like an impromptu, impromptu math lesson about how many quarter cups will I need to fill this one cup? Mm -hmm. And she's like, I don't know, mom. 
I have no idea. I'm like, well, you're seven. You haven't done fractions yet, but here, let me teach you. <laughs> exactly. And even if it's just water, like, okay, fill that up. How many times did you have to fill it up and put it in that one cup? Like, yeah. I love stuff like that. And I feel like, I don't know, a lot of that gets lost in translation whenever they're this young and in school. And I get super excited at the fact that, like, he asks me all the time, hey, mom, can I embroider? Like, I want to make Tina, which don't get me wrong, we let my five year old watch Bob's Burgers because his favorite person in the world is Gene. And I'm like, you want to know what? I am fine with this for the fact that you are like worshiping the one wholesome character on this show. (laughs) (laughs) We are those parents that don't really like, we filter what our kids have access to, but we don't shelter them I guess you would say well I feel like if there's too much sheltering like a lot of it they're going to see anyway oh yeah so many kids nowadays have tablets and it doesn't matter if it's YouTube or Roblox like they're going to see it all anyway my son was asking me about Rick and Morty the other day and I'm like you don't watch Rick and Morty like where's that coming from yeah exactly (laughs) yeah <laughs> so, what do you think are some things that people can do to get back into touch with that sort of ancestral roots, the things that their ancestors might have done? Obviously, things have been modernized. Like, I don't have to bake bread over an open fire or in a what, like a like Dutch a oven. oven. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uh, you know, I have a regular oven. <laughs> See, Eric knows. He's like, you're gonna end up having two wood ovens in this like kitchen. I'm gonna build you, and I'm like, maybe. <laughs> it's a secret. <laughs> I feel like a great way, and I love how people are starting just that, like everybody needs to eat. And I love the fact that everybody's going back to those basics, even if it's just learning how to properly cook rice and beans. Like, I love that. Like, it makes me so excited. Yeah, Um, I, I cooked (laughs) pork and beans for dinner tonight, using beans out of a bag that I had to soak. Like, proud of myself, pat on the back (laughs) for myself, because I normally would take the beans out of a can. Uh, But it's, it's, a it's, I mean, it's a new skill mm-hmm. or not really a new skill, but it's honing of a skill that I think everybody should have. Yeah. And so definitely like, I love the baking. I love, I love that people are learning to bake. I love that people are learning how to make their own pasta. I love that like old Italian grandmothers yeah. have started their own live streams. And I'm just like, yes, like, hopefully it doesn't become a lost art. Like, (laughs) well, that's just like the link that I sent to sent to you about um, a Twitter feed because someone was like, let me, let me educate you because you people are running out of yeast, but here, let me tell you how to make your own. And I'm like, holy crap, you can do that. (laughs) I didn't know. Exactly. And it's like, I it's something that you wouldn't even think (laughs) so many people are like sharing their resources or sharing their little tidbits of info to like help out their fellow person and it makes me so excited because I'm just like that's what it's about common like figure out a place for common knowledge and being able to share those things it's great yeah and and I love that you know we can still get back to our roots and those things that make us inherently a larger community while still being modern about it. We still have this technology available to us, so we might as well put it to good use instead of getting lost in the scroll hole that is Twitter or Instagram. I mean, I'm guilty. I do it a lot. I know how to knead my flour or I know how to knead my bread dough, but I still use my KitchenAid. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Yeah. No, that's... <laughs> There's nothing wrong but with that. I love that. Oh, I know, but it's just like it's kind of like some people are some people get stingy about 
well, how can you say it's from scratch when you had help? And I'm like, no, it's called work smart, not hard. Right. Work smarter, not harder. Just because I have this technology available to me that makes my life easier. I still put every single little ingredient in there by myself. And it just, all it did was help me mix it. That's it. That's all it did. I love that, that like the art of doing, like I sent you that link where people are learning how to patch their clothes again. Yeah. And they're doing it in really beautiful, ornate ways. And I'm just like, yes, like not everything has to be so disposable so quickly. Like figure out how to mend and to tailor and your things are going to go so much farther. Oh yeah. And I think that that's really important anyways, especially since we are now having this shift in consciousness and people are realizing that humanity is the plague on this earth, essentially. And Mother Nature would be okay without us. It's been a couple of weeks and, you know, wildlife is returning to areas that there wasn't wildlife before because of human interaction. And, you know, there's less pollution. So I think this is really going to cause people to move to a more environmentally friendly way of living. And if that's the case, yes, things might get more expensive. Because good quality things take time to make. So having those abilities to Mm -hmm. mend and sew and tailor are really important because you're going to get these, like, say you get a pair of pants and you paid a good amount of money for them and you wear them forever because normally when they're better made, they last longer, but they get a hole in them you're not going to want to just chuck them out and go buy a new pair because you spent 50 bucks on them. You're going to want to figure out how to fix them. No, exactly. And even with just like, don't get me wrong, the basic weaving that I'm doing now is like shawls and blankets and things like that. But even just looking into Like, okay, if I'm thrown into the middle of nowhere, give me a sheep and I know how to do this now. (laughs) Exactly. Uh, Give me a couple of, I don't know, the thin boards. I don't, they have a name. They're not dowels. Oh, no. But give me some thin boards and a couple of nails and I can make you a blanket. And ultimately, because I know how to do that, I know how to make any other article of clothing. Because I've already learned that basic skill before. And so I think it's super exciting in terms of like how people are seeing the drastic change in the short period of time environmentally, Mm -hmm. that it's not so much a pipe dream of trying to make things better, trying to make things cleaner, trying to make things um, more environmentally friendly and animal friendly now it's literally proof right outside their front door right like this is possible Mm -hmm. yeah and that's really important yes very important and I I feel like now people are finally unwillingly kind of getting slapped in the face with it and saying hey I'm here (laughs) yeah yeah, no, there was a there was a meme going around that was like, you know, this is just Mother Nature's way of saying that we need to go to our room and think about what we've done. And I'm like, that's right. That's right. That's exactly it. That's that is even spot on. And then it just brings me back to the anarchy over toilet paper. <laughs> like <laughs> it's further proof. That we as a species need help. (laughs) Oh, goodness. I think it's funny. I personally think it's hilarious. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, yes and no. I, okay, so completely off topic, but I was at the grocery store the other day and I was in that aisle because I needed parchment paper because Emery and I were making cookies. (laughs) Um... And I'm standing there and I'm looking at what they have on the shelf because parchment paper is not something that people were hoarding. But there was like no toilet paper behind me because that's just the shelf where it was. And this lady goes up to one of the store associates and was like, do you guys never stock this? Like, is it just empty all the time? 
And I'm standing there. I'm like, that better be all you say, lady. You better move on because I'm about to yell at you because you're being <laughs> rude. And this associate can't, you know, this associate like, has no control. Where are supposed to pull it out of? Like, right? <laughs> you're supposed to wipe your butt with it, not pull it out of it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, no, I know. And I just like personally, like all of this, Anarchy over toilet paper just kind of reaffirms how terrified people are of poop. And like <laughs> people are terrified of poop. And that's that is what it is. And I think it only got worse and worse with like moving away uh to disposable diapers and stuff. And so yeah. people are just sitting there like, bro, you know you can like make like little flannel squares. Yeah. And they're like, Oh, oh. <laughs> right I'm like what do you, what do you think people used to do exactly I'm like just make sure you have bleach you're good bro <laughs> yeah bleach and and boiling water mm-hmm. not hard and I used um Oh, I used cloth diapers with Emery for a long time, but she was built funny and all of the ones that I had never fit her right. And she always leaked out of them. (laughs) But I know a lot of people are just like, ah, I I don't, I don't get it. I, I just think it's funny that a lot of people just have never had the experience with something even like cloth diapering Mm -hmm. to kind of desensitize them. Whereas we've just become accustomed to put it up in a package and throw it away and it'll be gone forever and never have to think about it again. And well, I think that's like, people are like that with everything. And I think that's a lot of the problem. And I think that's why I think it's really important to get back to basics and get back to your roots and learn how people had to deal with this kind of thing 100 years ago, 500 years ago, 2000 years ago, you know, Mm -hmm. I mean, people were around 2000 years ago, but it's, it's like people aren't willing to learn and they're just so comfortable and they're, they're little, you know, cloud house and they're on cloud nine and everything's great and peachy and they have indoor plumbing and hot water. And I'm like, "Mm." Well, if you were born a couple thousand years ago, it wouldn't have been like that. And what is going to happen when, not if, but when everything hits the fan and you're forced to live without those things? Mm-hmm. Because I, I think if we keep going the way that we're going as a species, as humanity in general, with the way we're treating the environment, things like this pandemic are going to become more common and it's going to cause a breakdown in society so if that keeps happening you're sorry you're gonna have to live without indoor plumbing and running water probably and you're gonna have to learn how to hunt your own food how to grow your own food and Mm -hmm. how to bake your own bread or make your own butter and that's I mean that's one of the basic reasons why I think it's important no, I'm 100% on the same page with you. I know that, oh man, lost my train of thought. Got to thinking about butter and lost my talking point. Sorry. No, it's okay. I love making butter. It's so much fun. <laughs> like, it's so easy. And yet, like, not very many people know how to do it. Literally, I just like, learned how to do it a couple months ago. It, it's something I learned in elementary school, I think, mm-hmm. at school. Like my teacher was super proactive and just like taught us how to make ice cream and butter and like all of these different things. And I I, like, it just kind of like fed into everything. Soon as I see something once, especially if it comes to hobbies or food, it's stuck in my head. And so I'm like, yeah, I remember doing making butter in second grade and here I am 25 and (laughs) I can't make butter with no help whatsoever. Right. Like, let me just put this heavy cream in this jar, close the lid, and shake it really hard for like 25 minutes, and ta-da, you have butter. Like, I had no idea. <laughs> and it's even faster if you use a food processor or a hand mixer. Mm-hmm. FYI. <laughs> or even you could use your KitchenAid, too. I swear, my KitchenAid is my love line. Like, 
<laughs> don't know what I'd be without him. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I get it. His um, name is Charles. Ooh, Charles is a good name for a KitchenAid. <laughs> he does all the heavy lifting. It's fine. It's perfect. <laughs> so do you think, I already know your answer to this, but I want you to tell my listeners. Um, do you think there is a spiritual side to getting back to your roots and what your ancestors did? Oh, definitely. Whenever people talk about ancestors or having a spiritual guide or anything like that, like me personally, whenever I think of like my spiritual guide or somebody that I have like a strong connection with, it's never been just one person. It's always, I've always seen them as like a gallery, just them lining my way. And then at different times in my life, different people come forward and I learn new things. And I feel like a lot of um, that epiphany came from my mother doing genealogy and me just delving deeper into the people themselves and like oh they were born here and they got married here and then this is where they're buried and so you just have these like wonderful stepping stones Mm -hmm. of these people that are not that far away from you in terms of time and and I think it's a beautiful idea to kind of just have that appreciation, um, but as well as tapping into something that you never necessarily tapped into before. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I have that same experience with the genealogy thing because my mom also does it. And just the other day, she was sitting at her computer and she's like, Come look at this, come look. I'm like, okay, what am I looking at? And then she pulls it up and it says, Princess Diana, or whatever Diana's name, full name is, because I don't know, is my mom's <laughs> 11th cousin once removed. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, that's really cool and then I do know that you know we're related to Mary Queen of Scots and that we have documentation that shows that my ancestors came to New York from Ireland in the 1700s like we've got that those documents and Mm -hmm. it really I never thought of my things like crochet in a spiritual sense until recently Um, mainly because I started working more with Bridget, but doing, taking on these hobbies and learning how your ancestors lived, especially if you connect with them on, on a spiritual level, like I'm an Irish pagan, so I connect with my Irish ancestors and the way that they lived. I think that's really helpful in understanding not only their lives, but also how their spiritual practice or their religious practice played into the way that they lived as well. Because Mm -hmm. crochet is, I know in Ireland they have Irish crochet, which is more freeform, more lace, um, Mm -hmm. more flowers, which is not something that I've practiced. Um, Working with those smaller hooks and that crochet thread really hurts my hands. But um, I know that that is something that my ancestors did. And so me taking that up and learning how to do different crochet stitches and make different things using a hook and some yarn really helps me feel connected to them on a spiritual level. Plus working with Bridget, who is a goddess of inspiration and creativity and poetry and the forge essentially so where things are built and created is just a huge spiritual connection for me so I do agree and I think that you can connect these crafts and this basic way of living back to your ancestors especially if you are any form of pagan at all and it's even good if you're just a witch, because it's good to know how to make your own stuff. And it's very grounding. It's very right, very grounding. And just the fact that you're taking the time to, I like kind of split off your day. I feel like is a lot. Like a lot of people don't do it and be able to focus on one particular craft and to hone it, um, just for the sake of getting better at it. I know mm. that. Bread is definitely still one of those things where it's a lifelong thing, honey. My family will eat it, and sometimes it still doesn't turn out all that great. But you just dunk that crap in some soup. Yes. 
go enjoy that that bread. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I think it also can serve a magical purpose too with the fact that when you take things and you make them on your own, you have the ability to infuse it with your own energy or to infuse it with the energy from the other ingredients, the herbs and the spices, and you can turn it into a spell and turn it into either kitchen witchcraft or just, you know, creating your own tools or blessing the different things that you're making. And I think that's a really powerful thing because I know even within Wicca, people always say, you know, if you can make your own tools because it's more powerful. Well, I think that goes back to making just about anything. It holds a different kind of energy. Mm -hmm. No, definitely. And I think whenever you kind of start with just those basic things, you realize how much extra there is, not just in the world, but just inside your home, how many non-essential things are inside your home. Mm -hmm. um, and I can tell you, since I, like, since I moved up to North Dakota, and since I have been more, definitely a lot more limited, I have become a person who goes through and I have been sorting and thrifting, like, or donating, um, but sorting and thrifting and going through things and just trying to simplify because then I've been realizing, like, there's so much stuff I have to amuse myself, yet there's so much of it, I can never get to all of it. Yeah. And so you, you I get, have uh, a lot of Like, decision fatigue. Yeah. <laughs> Like, you're like, I have all of this stuff that I can choose from, but I don't know what to choose from. So I'm just not going to choose anything. No, that's definitely it. And I think it's funny because my husband, uh, whenever I ask him for a new hobby, in his mind, he's like, okay, yeah, go ahead. Get those things for that new hobby. You'll never be bored now. <laughs> and I'm like, that's not how that works. Nope. <laughs> not at all. <laughs> Okay, well, thank you for coming and talking with me and exploring this topic. I know we went on several different tangents, but you know, it's fine. It's okay. That's all a very, uh, yeah, very laid back, unplanned episode. But I do think everyone needs to take the time and learn a new skill, especially if you're stuck at home right now. It can be, like Turtle said, really grounding and relaxing but it can also prepare you or maybe open your eyes to something that you never thought you would like before so um did I lose you again there you are <laughs> so it's okay we're gonna go ahead and we'll cut it here because we've been having lots of technical difficulties so bye for now bye <laughs>